Welcome back to the Outreach Project family. This is Josh. This is Zach. And we are joined today with... Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Yeah, good to see you guys. Yeah, so uh, last episode, our guest Seth Hicks uh, called you out, and now you're here. <laughs> he predicted I would say yes, and I guess, you know, uh, here I am, so it worked out. Perfect. Well, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah. Um, really excited to get to know who you are more mm-hmm. and yeah. hear your story. Um, do you mind starting off with maybe just an introduction, who you are, what you do, whatnot? Yeah. Um, can I start with some prayer first? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Lord, I just want to invite you into our time here. Um, we're all members of the same church, and we're members of the greater church in the world. And we love you so much, Lord. We want the church to be close. We want people to know each other. And I am just so thankful for how this podcast is doing that. And it's just a pleasure to see guys um, like these two and the ones that help them to put this together um, to, to really just be pursuing your kingdom and pursuing what you want them to do in their lives. And so I just really appreciate that and pray this time would bless you and uh, bring glory to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 That was awesome. That's a first on our, oh, first yeah. on our show. Oh, okay. All right. So love well, it. I get in the habit of uh, praying like toward the beginning of a meeting or the end of a meeting mm-hmm. from a lot of church meetings. And there was one time at work where I was like this close to like, okay, let's bow our heads. And, and but my work is not at a church, so that would have been very awkward if I had done that. Yeah, but it just feels natural sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so intro. Uh, yeah, my name is Ryan Ward. I am married to Heather Ward, and uh, actually, our 25th wedding anniversary is in a week, in a couple days. Oh, so congrats. A week in a day. Yeah. So it's coming right up. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, we have four kids. The oldest is Lila. She's 19 and just finished her first year in college. Then we have Ava, who's 17, Sadie, who's 15, and Silas, who's 14. So four kids total. I um, work at Zimmer Biomet. So I've worked at Zimmer Biomet for about 18 years now, um, ever since Heather and I moved back to Columbia City from being away for a while. Um, I'm a mechanical mechanical engineer by background, and so I design medical devices um, over the course of time, different ones. But yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, sweet. Um, and you and Heather grew up here? Yeah, okay. yeah. There's a kind of a funny thing. I know I was listening to Seth's podcast, and he talked about meeting Elijah when he was very young. Mm-hmm. Well, I met Heather for the first time when she moved to Columbia City. I had grown up here my whole life, and she came when we were starting fifth grade. So she was a new student in fifth okay. grade in, in Thorn Creek. In your class? In my class, okay. yeah. So there is a picture we still have where we're sitting across from each other at these little <laughs> four-desk formation thing, and there we were as fifth graders. And uh, But we didn't start dating then. We didn't start dating until <laughs> quite a bit later. It's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be a long haul to make it all the way through. <laughs> no, no, uh, uh, you know, of course she was amazing and beautiful back then so i was infatuated but we didn't actually start dating yet <laughs> so we didn't start dating till we were juniors in high school and then we went to separate colleges uh but we basically stayed dating the whole time i think we broke up one time for like four days but Where, where'd you go to school so i went to rose holman institute of technology in Terre Haute, indiana okay and she went to asbury university in uh, wilmore kentucky so that's just outside of lexington mm-hmm. Um, so we were about four hours apart uh, during that time. And then as soon as I finished, we got married and we lived in Lexington for the early part of our marriage. Okay. And then yeah. when did you move back here? We moved back to Columbia City in 2004. And we had we really loved living down there. We loved the church we were in. We had tons of great friends that were kind of mm-hmm. in the same age bracket. But we were all starting families. Everyone was having kids. And we had just had Lila while we lived in Lexington. 
and we really prayed hard of where the Lord wanted us. And long story short, we decided we wanted to move back to Columbia City. We just have all of our extended family here. We really love yeah. it here too. So even though, we're, you know, there's a part of our heart that is in Lexington because it's just a beautiful place and a lot of great memories. We were there for six and a half years about as a married couple before we moved back. But having that first child was really the deal breaker on that one because we started driving back and forth. For, oh, wow. New, and it was like... This is too much to be driving just to see family, so we moved yeah. back in, in that year. Makes it easy, too, if you need someone to watch and oh, yeah. help out. Yeah. Yep. Grandparents, yeah. They, they watch the kids a lot over the years. Now they're old enough they don't need babysitters, but yeah, back then it was nice. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're at Zimmer now. Did you start there after school? Or? No, actually, when we were in Lexington, I worked for a printer company. So there's okay. a printer company called Lexmark, and they're not as big now as they used to be, um, but they were the number two printer company in the U.S. for the, when I was working there behind HP. Mm. And um, so it was a great job. I got to do lots of crazy things. Like right when I started, uh, they would fly me over to Asia to work with partner companies in Taiwan oh, and Japan. So I've been to Taiwan like 14 times or something and Japan a few times. And then we would go to China for the factories where they would build the printers. So every year we'd start up a new one. I'd go over there. And so I've been to China quite a few times, maybe seven or eight times with that. And it was great. Got lots of frequent flyer miles that we could then spend on other stuff. We actually went on a mission trip one time, Heather and I, using the frequent flyer miles that I got from my job. So um, so a really cool job. Um, I was designing inkjet printers for that time and enjoyed it. But then when we decided to move back, I just had to switch to something else and just looked in the area of like, what's the best job I could get in the area. And obviously Warsaw is like the hub of, it's like the world's capital of orthopedic yeah. companies. Which so. is crazy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one would <laughs> little think Little Warsaw. But yeah. <laughs> they sprung up over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. So that's where I got the job. It just happened to be Zimmer that I got the job at. And then later Biomet and Zimmer merged. So okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, what kind of things do you do for fun? Well, um, a few things, I guess. I, I like to play Ultimate Frisbee a lot at lunchtime mm. at work. We have a group that plays at Zimmer and has the whole time I've worked there. So for like 18 years now, I've been playing. Oh, so you're pretty good now. Pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. Yeah, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm, I'm pretty good at <laughs> He's Frisbee. He's a pro. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. We actually had a group playing for a few years there. We would play all year round. We'd be out there like sliding on the ice and throwing oh, the Frisbee. Nice. Oh, nice. That was, sounds like nuts. fun. Is there yeah, any injuries was, with that? Oh, plenty. Plenty. <laughs> yeah, plenty. Don't ask my wife. She always, yeah, she rolls her eyes and she's like, oh, I don't know what's wrong with those guys. They probably think they're younger than they are, but uh, yeah. okay. Uh, you know, cracked rib here, a couple sprained ankles. <laughs> Uh, you know, I actually tore my ACL while playing at lunchtime at work, but it wasn't Frisbee. It was soccer I was playing. Uh, <laughs> tore the ACL. How, uh, how long ago was that? Yeah, it was probably probably eight or nine years ago now. Okay. So, yeah. So I got it repaired and yeah, everything's fine. You're back so at it. The, back playing deal? Ultimate Frisbee. <laughs> yeah, I just played last week, so it's, it's great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. So that's one of my hobbies. Um, I do... Uh, like to read reading is probably my favorite hobby mm -hmm. you guys came in the house and saw my library so i love yeah. i love reading books for fun mostly for fun but sometimes for educational stuff um hardly ever for work usually it's some kind of christian edification or this year i'm doing the bible in a year so spending some of my mm -hmm. reading time doing that this year so yeah i love to read um i do play the piano so i do that for fun um singing on the worship team i guess is kind of like a hobby it's a yeah. ministry of course but i do love i love to sing i love to act so i don't get a chance to that's kind of something i haven't done in a while but love acting love performing um, when i get the chance to so those are 
few yeah. hobbies, I guess. Oh, we have a few questions from that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. great. What is uh, your favorite book? Oh, favorite book. Besides the Bible. Got a caveat. Besides the yes, Bible. Yes, we do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, gosh, favorite book. I think it might be... It might be The Martian. I really like The Martian. I feel like it was a book that was written specifically for me alone. Because the main <laughs> character is an engineer who's stranded on Mars. It's like near future where he's gotten on Mars. They think his, his team thinks he's dead, so they leave. And he's stranded there with what's left of the habitat. So the whole book is like him trying to survive. There's a movie made with Matt Damon. I was going to say, didn't they make a movie about that? that? Yeah, the movie's based on the book. But yeah. of course, okay. the book's always better. But Well, uh, <laughs> I hear the book's always better. <laughs> yeah. I want to know. I've never read the book. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that one was so much fun just because it like scratches the science fiction itch that I like science fiction. Okay. And it kind of scratches the engineering problem solving. And the main character's a very positive mindset. He always kind of has this sense of humor about himself he never gets depressed or anything so it just kind of matches like my vibe a little bit so that's mm -hmm. been one of my favorites in a long time so, yeah. okay that's yeah. neat do you play any disc golf disc golf um not really i have played but i don't play enough to be good at it because you use a different you use like a whole set of yeah. discs yeah you have so, like a driver and a putter yeah no these are discs <laughs> <laughs> now if you if you just play with a frisbee maybe they would let me do it but it, like i've thrown so many standard frisbees in ultimate that like that's the i'm best at that so okay if i played that i'd probably do better than actually using the disc golf stuff so my friend my best friend his name's steve he loves disc golf so sometimes when we get together we'll play but not that often so i feel like disc golf is on the rise though i see them yeah, all the I parks, see a lot. Yeah. yeah, people's yeah. houses, yeah, yeah. Even uh, I've got my Bear Lake Camp shirt on. I don't know if anybody can see it on the video, but like um, they just installed the disc golf goals, you know, like mm -hmm. those little things at the camp. So I feel like they had those. We had those back yeah. when I oh, went. They've been there. Okay, I didn't know how long they've been there, but I yeah, just we them. we had them back when I went. Okay. I played a couple times. Oh yeah, it wasn't I was very good. I was horrible. Third in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we all looked good. for the coolest looking disc, <laughs> not like the best functional one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's cool. All good, though. Yeah. Bear Lake Camp. Let's talk about it. Yeah. What is Bear Lake Camp? So Bear Lake Camp is a camp on the edge of Bear Lake. So um, it's in northern, it's north of Columbia City. I guess it's actually in Noble County. Um, it's, it's been there a long time. So I went mm -hmm. there as a camper. So oh, really? I, oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it was there way before I was. It was probably started in like the 1950s, I think. It goes way back. Huh. Uh, but I went as a kid, and um, my kids have all gone there when it's their time to be old enough to go to camp. Yeah. So they've done many years. Um, and the, the fun part is this actually, this week while we're sitting here, two of my kids are at the camp because Lila is a counselor for the whole summer. Yeah. And Ava is a lifeguard for the whole summer. So they've been spending most of their weeks there. Um, and then I'm actually on the board. So there's a, there's a, you know, leadership board for the camp. And a few years ago, um, after getting to know Ben through the worship team mm -hmm. and, um, actually Ben's wife, Carly works with my wife, Heather, because, you know, my wife's a nurse practitioner and Carly is a nurse. So they are paired okay. up at the Parkview office that they work in. So that relationship kind of made it easier for Ben and I to get, get to know each other. So, yeah, so I've been a part of the board for a little while now, and um, Monty Harlan is the one who runs it, so just trying to support them. Um, they've already got a good thing going. The Lord's been blessing that camp mm -hmm. for a lot of years, so I'm just 
trying to help where I can, you know, not really trying to mess it up, but try to see where the Lord's leading. So getting through COVID was kind of crazy being on the board of a church camp okay. because we had to figure out, do we even have camp? If yeah. we do, are they wearing masks? How do you wear a mask when you're camp, you know, doing camp stuff? So um, made it through that tough time, but it's been a, a blessing and a joy to be a part of it. Yeah, that place is awesome. Yeah. Like, Maybe Ben could get on. Not this summer. He's a little busy. But maybe, <laughs> right, yeah. maybe we'll get him on in his office. season. the camp season, yeah. we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get Ben on. Yeah, we'll do a camp recap with Ben. There you ben. go. You definitely should. He's a very interesting dude, so he'd be a good That'd podcast be fun. guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's touch into your growing up. Mm-hmm. You grew up here. Um, what did faith look like for you growing up? And then how has that kind of um, strengthened as you've gotten older? Sure. Yeah. Um, my family... Uh, when my mom and dad got married, they decided to go to First Church of God. So when First Church of God was on Main Street, mm-hmm. right there across from Dairy Queen, uh, that's where they went. So that's the church I grew up in. I remember really vaguely getting saved when I was a pretty young kid, you know. So I'm sure a lot of people on your podcast have, have some yeah. have that background, others don't. But like, um, I remember exactly the room where I was. It was the fellowship hall of the of the church, and there was some children's programming, and they gave a gospel message, and I responded, and they told my parents, and my parents are pretty low key, so they were like, "Okay, sounds good," you know, <laughs> not a huge deal. Um, but then, just like growing up in the church, and my parents were very much like every Sunday kind of people. Mm-hmm. Like um, actually, for Bear Lake Camp, when I was a kid, you know, it was you know, it's pretty expensive sometimes. It depends on your family of, of sending a kid for a full week at camp. And my parents were by no means well off. My dad worked in a factory. My mom stayed home with us. So didn't have a ton of money. Mm-hmm. But the church would scholarship kids based on their attendance on Sunday mornings. So like if you came to Sunday school and all that, then they would give you like a certain amount off. Huh. And if you had at least 50 weeks where you were at church, then they would 100% scholarship it. And no problem. We, we, we hit the 50 weeks out of 52 easily. Yeah, geez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were there we you every week. go on vacation. No, no, yeah. Well, they didn't have a ton of money for vacation, yeah. so some of our vacations were like a one- or two-nighter kind of thing, so it wasn't a big deal back then. Um, but, yeah, so, they, um, so we were there a lot, was a part of a lot of the programming. Um, my faith just grew as I got older. Mm-hmm. Um, some really great times when I was in the youth group age, like junior high, high school, because we had, uh, I discovered Bible quizzing. So I became a Bible quizzer through our church. And back at that time, that was a really vibrant part of the youth ministry. Sometimes youth group would have hardly, like you'd show up to youth group and it would be the same people you saw at Bible quizzing. Like there was no difference really back then. And then um, also I learned how to act a little bit. I tried to because they had a drama group called Altered. Um, And so Altered was a great thing for me to be a part of, to just dig in deeper to like the dramatic arts and creative arts and music. Um, Sometimes people would sing, but we did lots of acting and kind of skits and mimes and stuff like that. So those are times where it just really fed my faith through high school. Um, And then just kind of from there, just kept it with me the whole way so i never i don't think i ever really had any time of like walking away from the faith or really you know serious doubts or anything but just tried to always um react to the truth that i knew which is like if god is real and i know he's real then he's worth following and he's blessed me in so many ways that mm-hmm. that it's just been a, a joy to keep serving him so yeah that's the basic story i guess oh it's i'm we've heard that story a lot but it's <laughs> yeah. it's great to hear god like, is good right like yeah. it's a good thing yeah yeah <laughs> Honestly, we don't want to hear the, I fell off and did that. Like, we're glad. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, better, it's better to stick. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, more joy in that way. Too. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and through that, you've served in a multitude of different areas You mm-hmm. on the worship team. Mm-hmm. Um, 
First Church Academy. Am I mistaken? Yeah, you're not mistaken. Yeah. You want to touch on a little bit of that? Sure. Yeah, there was... So, uh, when I was in Lexington, was under uh, some Sunday school classes and small groups of people that were great teachers. And um, toward the end of our time there, there was some transitions. And so, I started leading the small group that we had there, just kind of getting my feet wet. Mm-hmm. And we had a really vibrant, active small group um, that was just great to be a part of they were it was a home group basically we did lots of stuff we'd go on vacation together and everything so i learned some teaching skills and then when i came to columbia city Mm -hmm. we ended up joining a small group that was pretty big and when they were ready to split into two jeremy was the host of that group at the time and he was like well anybody in this group it was a big group of people was like anybody here that thinks they might be willing to teach or has a gift of teaching just let me know and then we'll figure out how we want to split it up and so i told jeremy i was like hey you know i i can teach I taught a little bit at my old church, and I enjoy it. So, um, so you know, I just let him know. And then a few weeks later, I talked to him again, and I was like, well, how many people did you get? Like, how many people were willing to teach? And he's like, oh, just you. So, <laughs> you're, you're in. <laughs> oh, okay. That's how this goes. So, uh, we split off, and then for eight years in a row, I was a Sunday morning small group leader for that group so it was heather and i were the teachers and and then jeremy and maureen were the hosts and so with the combination of the four of us we had a group continuously basically for eight years where we just um kind of people our age but all different ages were allowed to come you know of course and so we we just had a great time with that and so when brandon holler was uh, associate pastor Mm -hmm. at our church he was talking about doing a course a little more intentional a little more like kind of an entry level um, like what you, like a class you would take in college, like a Old Testament survey or a New Testament survey sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so he asked me if I'd be willing to help out. And I was like, well, sure, I'd be willing to help. And so we got ready to, to get going on that. And he was like, well, come meet me at this time. We'll, get, we'll do some prep. And I was like, great. And so I show up and I'm like looking around, kind of similar story of like, well, who, who else is helping? Like, who else did you ask? He's like, oh, just you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Okay, I didn't realize it was going to be that. I, pretty common, huh? <laughs> yeah, it keeps, it keeps happening to me. I think I'm going to be part of a group, and it's not. It's just one person in me. So, so it's like, okay. So uh, so he, he did all the hard work, by the way. So he, you know, of course, he was full-time ministry every day, so he would create all the slides and get everything together. We would meet at Panda Express, in Warsaw, because he would drive to work closer to where I worked, and he we'd meet at the Panda Express for lunch. We'd go over every week with the material. We're gonna, I'd, I'd give him some advice on like, hey, we should do this differently or whatever, but most of it was his. And then we would kind of team teach it. So we'd sit at the front of the room, and he'd do a chunk, I'd do a chunk. And so he was very generous, because he's an amazing teacher, of course, and, and so very generous to give me an opportunity uh, to be a part of that. And it was you know six weeks times four, because there were like four different chunks of it. So yeah. it was a good chunk of the year. And then we ended up doing that four years together, and then I did it for a year after he had moved on to where the Lord called him. So five five years in a row, I was a part of First Church Academy, and just the best part of it was the people in the class. Like the people that come always are what makes it, makes it interesting because their questions and their perspective like changes the way we teach it mm-hmm. and the way. And every time I teach it, it's like I learn more about it and I dive in deeper yeah, to some aspect. Awesome. You know, so such a joy. Um, we might bring it back again sometime. I mean, I talked to Brad about it and, okay. and tried to see if the time is right but so far it hasn't really seemed like the thing to do just yet but i do love teaching and and try to use that gift that i believe it's just all the lord giving me the ability to do it so yeah yeah and then worship team oh yeah how did that start with you yeah so um when i was a kid i did some of the drama stuff but i was never a soloist i was in some 
kids' choirs and stuff in school. And so I, if you said, well, hey, can you sing? I'd be like, well, I, I mean, I can sing in a choir, but that's like all I can do. And mm-hmm. didn't really feel like I was that good of a singer. And when I went to college at Rose Holman, they had a drama club. And of course, I love acting. So we did a, a fall play, and plays are great because you're just talking, right? So I did that, had a small part. And then we got later in the year, there was a musical. And literally on the day when the tryouts were, I was up around there and I started to leave. And one of my friends was like, where are you going? And I was like, well, I can't really sing. So I don't, I don't think I'm going to be in the musical. And he was like, well, you can at least try out. Like, why don't you just try out? It's so much fun. And he had been there. He was older than me. So he's like, oh, it's so much fun. You got to do it. And I was like, ah, okay, fine. So against my better judgment, I went ahead and auditioned. And they were like, oh, sure you can sing. So um, I was like, oh, great. Okay, I guess I didn't know that. So I've never been professionally trained or anything. Yeah. I just have jumped into it in that way. So I ended up doing a lot more singing in at Rose Holman through the different additional years of being in it. And so then I got a lot more comfortable with solos because I had roles where I would sing solos and stuff. So, so the Lord kind of made me more comfortable with that. And then later, much later, after we moved back to Columbia City, I didn't start on the worship team. We had other things going on. I was teaching mm-hmm. the small group and just trying to raise kids and life's busy, you know. Yeah. So um, there just happened to be a day when they did one of those ministry fairs and Heather was already on the worship team playing the guitar, and she said, hey, Holly, Holly was our worship pastor at this point, and she was like, Holly said they need more guy vocalists. You could try it. And I was like, okay, well, if, if they have a need, then you know, I wouldn't mind helping where they have a need. Mm-hmm. So that's how it started for me, was just signing up and saying, hey, Holly, here's what I know how to do, and there's lots of stuff I don't know how to do. I couldn't sing harmonies at all, so like, I had to kind of teach myself how yeah. to sing in harmony when someone else is leading. And um, So again, it's totally the Lord's blessing that i'm any good at. and i always tell holly to this day it's like you won't offend me if you tell me hey i don't need you or you know whatever <laughs> like it's all good like this is not something i have to do but i love doing it anyway like it's a joy to yeah. me mm-hmm. to do so um but if the lord wants me to do something else that's fine too let me guess were you uh the only person that signed up that day as well <laughs> that is a good question <laughs> I, it might have been the only. I think Chances it might have been. Yeah, yeah. 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 I would, I'd put money on it. Yeah. <laughs> I would assume so. I think you're right. Yeah. There were some other new people, but no guys. I think I was the only guy. So, yeah. Gosh. The Lord just keeps working that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you talked about how um, you did Bible quizzing growing up. Could you tell us about your involvement with that now? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just so people know what it is, like a lot of people when they hear Bible quizzing, yeah. they think like Jeopardy, where you have to be some like savant and know That's what everything. I think. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's not true. You don't have to be super duper smart because um, we're not just pulling people. They don't just pull people and ask them questions. It's actually a Bible study. So it's like a Bible study on steroids where um, the Bible quiz coach teaches you about a chapter of the Bible and then you quiz on it. And then Mm -hmm. throughout the school year, you learn all the chapters of a book. So this year we've been doing Acts, um, 28 chapters. So it's a pretty big, pretty big book. Yeah. But um, when I was in it, I, I was in it six years in a row. And I totally did not have any clue what the Lord was doing by putting me through that process of it's like education because I was having so much fun doing it that it didn't seem like work at all. So like the first year when I was a seventh grader, I was so nervous. I was so shy. I was very shy. And I didn't say a word like the entire year of practices on on Sundays when we'd meet. I didn't jump and answer a single question like that's how shy I was, even with my own team. And the coach would like try to like draw it out of me. He's like, Ryan, I know you know some of this. Why aren't you jumping? And it's like, I just, I was so shy. 
Um, but by the end of that year, we had the big final competition and somehow the competitive switch just flipped in me of like, oh wait, I can do this. And so that final, the end of that year, I actually did well as a junior high person. And then from then on the next five years, I was just like completely on fire for like trying to do the best I can and really wanting to give it my all. And so, um, so like one year you do John, one year you do Luke, one year you do um, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, which are all <laughs> short books. Yeah, it sounds like a lot, right? But they're all short books. So you actually can get through those yeah. faster than you get through Acts, right? Um, so as a quizzer, having all that Bible knowledge in my head, like it never really goes away. There's some Bible memorization is a part of it, but that's not a, some of the, most of the questions are just general questions. So um, learning all that, and then the year after, they needed somebody to take over the Churches of God General Conference running of the program. So a bunch of churches and Churches of God do this program. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the year, there's a midpoint where everyone gets together, and then there's the end of the year where they all get together. So me and Ryan Hinman together took on the directorship of that. So for 10 years, he and I were the directors. So we were the ones asking the questions, you know, at the, at the competitions and organizing the events. So it taught me a lot about how to organize mm -hmm. big events. Um, and in a way it was like being a youth leader in some ways, cause trying to, it's a youth program. Yeah. And then after we finished that, uh, the Lord called us into other things. And then just a few years ago became a Bible quiz coach for our church. And my kids have all been a part of it now too. So for three or four years, this is the fourth year, I think maybe three that we've been the coaches for our team. And that's a whole different experience because now it's week to week I'm teaching them. So a lot of that mm -hmm. teaching gift that I was mm -hmm. able to exercise in first church Academy. Mm -hmm. Now I'm using it every single week with the, the Bible quizzers. We have between, you know, 10 and 25 kids depending on the year. And um, so it's, it's just been great to have an outlet for that teaching. And it's a different when you're teaching, you know, a sixth grader up to a 12th grader. Cause you're trying oh to make gosh. it interesting, yeah. <laughs> something that they would all understand, you know, and, uh, and it's different than teaching adults too. So it's, it's been a good challenge. Do you guys meet all year round? We take about three or four months off. So our big final competition is at the end of this month in July. And then we don't start up until like October, November, okay. or something like that. So there's kind of a time off there. Okay. Yeah. How did you, uh, get approached or asked to be the coach for Fish church? Yeah, for First Church, um, I mean, a lot of people knew I had done it before as the director of yeah. the whole program. They knew I was a quizzer. And then Lila was a quizzer before I was a coach. So she was on the team okay. uh, when Troy and Kara Franks were the coaches of it. And they had had their kids in it. And, um, and so when their kids had all graduated, then it was kind of like a natural handover point. And that's kind of how it's always been with First Church. It's like Marla and Gary Chapel were the coaches when their kids were in it and, you know, that sort of thing. It kind of moves along. So it was just something we talked to Luke Deal about of like, hey, if, if this is a, an opportunity, we'd be willing to do it. And then when the Franks were done, then we, we were able to jump in. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. You get to yeah. connect with your kids as well as um, yeah. teach, <laughs> teach the gospel. Which yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. been great. Um, let's... Uh, Let's get a little, I got a little bit of a deeper question for you. Sure. Um, throughout a lot of your stories, you've been very obedient. I have heard a common theme of just saying yes um, and obeying and then being a good leader as well. Um, I guess what are like qualities or I don't know, aspects of being obedient and then also being a good leader? Okay. Yeah. Good question. Um, uh, I, I'm first of all, I'm a really big fan of Christian music and I have been since I was in junior high and stuff. So one of my mm -hmm. favorite bands is Petra old school. Right. 
And uh, one of their songs is called I Am Available. I think maybe the song is just called Available, but the chorus sings about being available to the Lord. And that's always been something that's really just soaked into my heart that like obedience a lot of times is, is saying yes, because if you say, you're my savior, you're my Lord, um, you know, I think in front of the church, a lot of times we'll hear people talking to little kids of like, he's the boss of your life, you know, he's the leader of your life, that um, if he's the commander and I'm the infantry soldier, then you don't really just get to pick and choose the commands that you want to obey, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that would be yeah. a terrible military. Yeah. Uh, if you just, eh, I don't think so. Um, so when he's my Lord, then I say, yes, Lord, you know, so there's yeah. a, there's a place in the Bible where somebody says, no, Lord. And it's like that, that comment is like, you can't ever say that because it's not if, good. If, yeah, it's Don't like, do that. No, no. It's, you can't say no comma Lord, because then he's not your Lord if you're saying no. So, yeah. um, so it's something that like just the availability is there. And even in the times when, like when they asked Ryan and I to be in charge of the Bible quizzing thing for the denomination, mm-hmm. it was like, I didn't feel capable. I was like. I was like 19 years old. I felt like I was under, you know, under equipped, too young, but like, I, if it felt like the Lord really wanted me to do it. And I was like, oh, I think I'm going to say yes to this. And so a lot of times it can be scary or it can be kind of out in the unknown, but it, uh, but it's like, if you got to say yes to these things, if it's the Lord doing it. And so learning how to discern his voice is, is mm-hmm. key in that. So, um, so that's part of it. And then I think for just you know, being available is a huge thing because then he'll give you everything you need, and it's usually better if you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> because then um, our weakness highlights God's strength. You know, so Paul talks about you know things that are foolish to the world, and it I think it pleases God to show the world that He doesn't have to have rabbinical scholars um, that are following Jesus. He can use fishermen. He can use tax collectors. He can use uh, the women that follow Jesus and, and were part of his ministry, you know, it's like, it doesn't make sense in the world's eyes, but that highlights who God is even more. So if we can say yes to things that he's asking us to do, and it's abundantly apparent that we're not really the world's experts, mm-hmm. then it just shines a light on him even more. So, so sometimes leadership is that way too. So like, um, I've been blessed to be an elder of the church and just, uh, have different spots where I can lead. And for me, it's not really that much different because the leaders are still the servants, you know? So like he who desires to be first will be last and last will be first. So in Christianity, there's, there's no, like I'm on the top of the mountain. I'm the most important person kind of leader. It's, it's completely different because Jesus washed his disciples feet and that's the example for us. So um, so even saying yes to leadership is still saying yes to sacrifice, still saying yes to humility, not getting your own way just because you're in a leadership position doesn't mean everything has to be done the way you want it to be. They're still mm-hmm. seeking the Lord's wisdom, seeking the consensus of other leaders. And, and a lot of what we do in the church is through leadership teams and groups of people. So, yeah. um, so those are some things that, you know, the Lord has taught me is just when I think I, I want my own way, it's usually better to just let go of that and then see where he's leading and try to follow him there. Yeah. I mean, we're told our hearts are wicked. So if we throw all our trust into him, it turns out a lot better. Oh yeah. 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 Can't follow your own way. Cause you're, you're likely to mess it up. So, <laughs> Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Has it ever been difficult to um, maybe jump into something like that? Yeah. I mean, it's tricky because every, everything we do, to serve is a sacrifice. So there's always kind of like, if I'm doing one ministry, I'm not doing a different ministry. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm, you know, when I became an elder, I eventually had to let go of the Sunday morning teaching. So I stopped teaching that class. And so there's some pain in like giving up things that you had already grown attached to. 
Um, if the Lord decided it, well, I didn't need to be on the worship team, that would be tough because I've grown to really love the people on the team and, and love uh, seeing God's people through that seat on the bus, mm-hmm. like seeing what it's like to be on the worship team. Um, so it's hard in that way, just in sacrificing. It's hard just every time I have to go away from home to go to a meeting, go to a, any kind of church meeting. You know, I never want my kids to grow up and say, oh, my, yeah, my dad was a Christian. Yeah, he was gone all the time. You know, it's like I, I, I got to be present for them too, yeah. you know. Um, and then it's hard sometimes too because not everything is easy. Like there's hard transitions. There's hard. I've been a part of um, in the leadership team when we have to transition hard things like you know, daycare at the church that we don't have anymore and different transitions of pastors can be hard yeah. behind the scenes to figure out just walking through the situations with them of like figuring out where the Lord's calling them. So things like that, it's like it's it's kind of supposed to be hard because that's why you need the Lord. Like you need him to guide you. And even as a leader, it's it's not like we have all the answers. It's always seeking his leading. So mm-hmm. it's hard to figure that out sometimes because it's not always on day one that everyone's like, oh, yeah, I prayed last night and he told us all the exact same thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's like, no, it takes a little more time but yeah. to kind of get everyone on the same page. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that answer. We're definitely uh, we're definitely clipping that. That's mm. going to be our post for you. <laughs> okay, yeah, thanks. Uh, sorry, I'm probably giving like way too long answers. So if you need me to oh, <laughs> type no, it up, no, you're just doing tell great. me. Yeah. Um, switch switch uh, directions. Yeah. Rob Bergman, you're related to him. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> how how so? Yeah yeah okay so. Uh, um, our wives are sisters, so that's the fastest way to say it. So Heather is my wife, Rachel yeah. is his wife. They both used to have the last name Couch. So Heather Couch and Rachel Couch, yeah, just like we're sitting on a couch, yeah. <laughs> yeah, easy to remember. So they... <laughs> I'm so sorry. You didn't expect that, did you? <laughs> I, I expected that it. That was just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so Rob and I are are connected in that way. So like uh, back in the olden days when we were in high school, and I'd go over to Heather's house to hang out with Heather, and occasionally Rob would show up. You know, he would be there because uh, Rachel is three years younger than Heather, and so I think Rob okay. is the sa- I think he's the same class. So Rob's three years younger than me. So Heather and I started dating uh, before they did. But then once they started dating, then I got to know Rob a little bit through uh, just being around the same family activities. So we'd be yeah. at family Christmases and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, so he's been so much fun to get to know over the years. And it's, you know, changes over time because now we are got kids and can kind of commiserate about that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Okay. And yeah. your your wife went to Asbury yep. and so did so did they. Yes. Was that because of her then? or Sort of, sort of, yeah. Yeah. Um, Heather and Rachel used to go to a different church. Um, they didn't start coming to our church until mm-hmm. Heather and I started dating, or at least until I was pursuing her. It took me most of a year to convince her to actually date me. So, uh, really? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to need to hear the story. <laughs> but yeah, but they went to a different church. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was in Columbia City. It was a okay. very small church. They were the only youth in it, pretty much. Uh, but their, their pastor of their church went to Asbury. So he was a positive influence for them okay. about what Asbury's like and told them about it. Um, and Asbury is very well connected to the Methodist church, and their old church was a Methodist church. So they had that connection. So, But once Heather went there, then Rachel had visited and saw mm-hmm. that it was a cool place to be. And so that's partly why she went there. Yeah. I, would, I would argue, and Rob, we had Rob on. He didn't yeah. admit this. He said he came to the conclusion of going to Asbury on his own. 
I think there's a little bit of an influence. I, I'm not going to dispute that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob tells the truth. So if he said okay. it, it must be. It must be. Yeah. Um, now rewind. What's that story of getting your wife to uh, date you for a year? Yeah, it's kind of a cute. Sto- it's a cute story in some ways. So the funny part to me is that when she first moved to my school, um, she and I had a lot in common. Like she was a very good student at her old school, so she was kind of top of the heap. And then when she got to our school, that was kind of my role in the class. So we kind of go, oh, no, oh. who's going to be? Uh? And then uh, <laughs> we're talking, and she's like, oh, I play the piano. And I was like, well, I play the piano. So we both played the piano, and so we would support each other in some of the piano stuff. But she would, the story goes from her mom told me that she would go home in fifth grade and say, Mom, I can't stand that kid. I can't stand Ryan. <laughs> He's driving me nuts. He got his best grade, whatever. And then one day she went home. She's like, he even plays the piano too. And you know, she's very upset about this. And then like a, a couple more weeks later, she goes home and tells her mom, you know, Mom, I think someday I might marry Ryan Ward. There you go. So she said that in yeah. fifth grade. Okay. It's like a prophecy that, that eventually came. <laughs> but here's the big problem is, uh, she forgot all about that, and then when oh, we no. were, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, <clears throat> many many years passed, and uh, so we get into high school. I'm doing cross country every year. That's my sport is yeah. cross country, and uh, she does track um, and cheerleading. So she's a cheerleader. I'm a nerdy kid, right? So. Um, she shows up out of nowhere, like just walks up to practice in the summertime of right before our junior year. And she's like, yeah, I'm joining cross country. My coach, my track coach told me it'd be good for my endurance. Uh, she was more of a sprinter. Yeah. And as soon as she walked up in my head, I'm like, this is my chance. This is, I have to make the most <laughs> of this chance. So it took me most of the season, but I finally asked her out and she said, yes. Uh, then I fumbled the ball completely because I didn't know what to do next. So we never actually went on a date. No. It was, oh. Oh. It was terrible. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I almost screwed it up so early. How but. do you regain from that? <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, it was a mess. Oh, it was a mess. I didn't know what I was doing. I never really dated anybody before that. So I didn't have much uh, of a clue about how to do this thing. So uh, what I did know was that she was a Christian, and we were both Christians. And so I would say, hey, why don't you come to my church? I'll pick you up. So I would go drive to her house on Sunday mornings, pick her up, bring her to our church, take her to Sunday school, go to church, drive her back home. As soon as we got in the driveway, like as soon as the car came to mostly a stop, she'd be like, doors open, she's right out of there. Oh, she, doesn't, she didn't want that awkward time frame of like saying goodbye and whatever move I would make. But uh, so she was not interested in the lovey-dovey kind of stuff. So it was like, ah, oh, he's a good friend and all that. And he's, you know, bringing me to his church. Um, we actually went to uh, Mr. Sittler's class back wow. then. Jim Sittler. We need to Is get him on. Mr. Sittler a matchmaker? No, no. He, you know, he, he wasn't interested in anything like that. But he was okay. just a really awesome Sunday school teacher yeah, for high for sure. school age. You know, and, so, and he was also a biology teacher at school. So Heather had taken his classes. So she loved his class. She loved the church. And so that was like a standing date, quote unquote, that like every week I would come and pick her up. So it gave us a chance to talk. Then I started helping her with her homework. So it took me most of like, I don't want to make the story too long, but it got to semi-formal and I was like, okay, I got to, I got to go for this. Do you want to go to semi-formal? She said, no. Oh. She said, no, not going. She went with somebody else. Mm. Oh, I thought it was over. It was like cross country's over now. 
I tried to. I tried everything I could possibly try, and it's oh. it's over now. So he joined Trek. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. I should have done that. No, we we still stayed in touch. We talked on the phone, and when it got okay. close to prom, we were talking as friends, and she kind of hinted around that I should ask her to prom. So, there you go. Uh, uh, so I asked her, and so then from then on, we stayed. We were dating officially. So junior prom was actually our first date. So yeah, we but got she said prom. yes months before. And yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> no, I know it's, it was a, it was a roller coaster for sure. It was a roller coaster, but then then we were solid after that. So yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, so the reason I asked that question about Rob um, is I think Christian community is very important. Mm. Um, it's kind of why we do this. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. What's uh, I don't know. What's your thoughts on Christian community and how it's impacted your life? Yeah. Um, I think Christian community is important just to let us all know that we're not alone. Like, um, it's not easy to be a Christian in the culture we live in today. Yeah. And there's so many times as an adult where it's just like, wow, how can the world be heading this direction? Or why is this the new normal? And it's just so hard to like resist the temptations of that and like to fight back. You okay there? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, to, to resist those temptations. And so like with Christian community, you feel like I'm not the only one. Like there's other people that you know, that you respect and that you look up to and you look sideways to peers. Everybody is like, we're all in this together. And that is mm-hmm. so important. And then just from the standpoint of um, people that are helping you raise your kids, people that are helping you stay on the straight and narrow. So I know Seth mentioned the mentoring that we've Mm -hmm. done. That's been really good for me as well, just to have someone to stop and pray with. And um, we've had several different small groups. We've had that Sunday morning group that I mentioned. We've had home groups. We just recently had a group that was a home group that we just disbanded recently. And just got a text last night to go watch the Sound of Freedom movie with the same group of people, you know? So it's like we're still really good friends. Um, so that is so important just to like, um, make an impact on the world. Like if it wasn't for Christian community, I wouldn't be making very much of an impact. Like I'm not, uh, are we really going to organize mission trips and we're really going to like do special events like fall fest when it's just me alone. Can't do it. But when it's us together, um, we can do so much more Mm -hmm. together. So, um, yeah, so those are just some things about Christian community that like, you just really, again, you can't really say no Lord, when it comes to Christian community, you can't just say, I'd rather be, I'd rather be a loner. You know, I was like, there's, there's no option. Like, he, yeah, you, you can't do what he wants you to do and do it by yourself. So mm-hmm. you just have to be a part of that community. Yeah. And it even keeps you rooted, keeps you from straying away. Yeah. Even that accountability aspect. It's, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah. Got anything? What, what are you currently working? Like you said you were doing the Bible in the year, right? Yeah. What book of the Bible are you on right now? Or what area are you in? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm doing the Bible reading plan that goes along with the Bible recap. Mm-hmm. So if people are listening to this as a podcast, they've probably at some point seen the Bible recap. I do recommend that. It's done by Tara Lee Cobble. She's excellent. She's a great Bible teacher. And she does a podcast every single day about the reading of the day. And so it's only like six or seven minutes usually. And that that whole track is on a chronological reading plan. So instead of like beginning and end of the Bible, it's like in the timeline, where mm-hmm. is it? So when you're reading, you know, in first Samuel and second Samuel about David, then you'll pop over and do a day in the Psalms and read some of the Psalms he wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing the divided kingdom right now. So I'm reading second uh, Kings. I think I'm in right now. So second Kings is all about the different Kings and most of them were terrible. 
Um, but then I, yeah, <laughs> mostly terrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah. I remember teaching in uh, first church Academy. We used to say, okay, the Northern kingdom, the Southern kingdom, how many in the Northern kingdom were good and how many in the Southern kingdom were good. Northern kingdom. The, the number is zero, zero good. And in the Southern kingdom, only two, only two of like this long line were really very good. So, um, and then while I'm reading that, it pops over to some of the prophets that are active during that time. So mm-hmm. I just read Isaiah 5 through 8 today, hmm. chapters 5 through 8, because Isaiah was active during that time of the divided kingdom. So, yeah, it's a good way to do it. I've never done it. I've never done the Bible in a year. This is my first time in my life. Okay. Um, I've read the whole Bible before, but never like intentionally in one year like Have this. Have you so. front to back the Bible then? Just front once before, yeah. like I did when I was younger, like through college, my college years, I kind of did a, a long journey where, because reading is my favorite hobby, I made a promise to myself that before I read anything for fun, I'll read at least one chapter of the Bible. And that time I did it just front to back. Huh. Um, so I eventually made it through the whole Bible, but it was fairly disjointed over a longer period of time. And um, It's a big book. It's, it's, si- yeah. it's a sizable book. <laughs> yeah. So this is the first time I've ever done it all in one year. Okay. Yep. Um, what's, uh, some of the hardest scripture that you've, uh, read or some of the things that are most challenging? Um, let's see. That's a good question. I think the hardest scriptures, I I mean, in one sense, like none of it's really that hard because if you are approaching it from the standpoint of a learner, he's the rabbi, I'm the student, Mm -hmm. you know, he's the Lord of the universe, uh, and he knows everything. So like I can trust him on everything. Then there's nothing really that hard because I know he's to be trusted. Um, but there are things that I think are harder to live with, like to live with and to talk about because our culture keeps changing. Yeah. And so there are things that our culture believes are right. Um, and, and they're not right. And so it gets harder and harder to declare biblical truth in any, any forum, even inside the walls of a church sometimes. So I think those are the hardest things where, you know, maybe 20 or 30 years ago, it wouldn't have been as hard, but now it is, um, dealing with just the issues of the day, social issues, lots of things. So I think those become hard because we may not have any problem believing what the Lord says is true, but it's just harder and harder to share it in a way that's meaningful and to find the balance of like, I don't want to just tick people off immediately, but I also don't want to water down the truth and, and basically yeah. be telling a lie. So mm-hmm. th- I think that's what it's the application that becomes hard, not, not the passage. Yeah. Do you have a favorite passage from the Bible? Like one specific story or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Um, So when I was a Bible quizzer in seventh grade and I was doing horrible and knew nothing, um, our Bible quiz coach, uh, Stan Owen was his name. Shout out Stan. Yeah, Stan. Hope you're you're (laughs) listening to the podcast at some point. Yeah. He's a pastor. (laughs) He's not in our, he's at Syracuse Church. But yeah, there's no chance. No chance. We'll send it to him. (laughs) We'll find his Facebook I remember you. Stan and Cindy, thank you for your faithfulness. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, So Stan told us one day, uh, so first of all, we did Romans the year that I was terrible. So that's probably not a great first book. Uh, Hmm. It's a fairly complex uh, theological kind of book for a seventh grader. Um, But when we got to chapter 12, he said, hey, guys, if you only memorize one verse this whole year of quizzing, this is the one. And he was talking about Romans 12 too. So me being a rule follower and an obedient kid, I was like, well, 
I guess that's the one I'm memorizing. So <laughs> that was easy. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. And that's all you had to do. So I memorized that one single verse. And there's like a hundred that you're allowed to memorize that are like legitimate questions. And I only memorized that one. And that year at the national competition, when I finally, the light switch turned on, I got like five questions right just from that one verse. Cause they would ask a question and the answer oh, was found in that verse. So it was further just like a God thing of like, he kind of like, gave me what I needed in the sense of like the only thing I knew really well, he like gave me lots of questions on that. And Romans 12 too, you probably already know it if you're watching, but do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So that's, that's what I memorized way back then, and it's never left me, and it's something that has become something that I just continually keep coming back to because... Mm-hmm. The world only gets worse and worse, and the longer we're in it, the more tempting it is mm-hmm. to conform to it. And there are temptations now at in my 40s that are different than the temptations I had in my 20s. And so not conforming to the pattern of the world is something that never gets old. And transforming our minds so that we can know what God's will is is so, so important and mm-hmm. critical. So mm-hmm. that one verse has just stuck with me my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, that's big time. Yeah. yeah. Especially since seventh grade. That yeah. kind of a area in your life where maybe people are making some bad decisions and being able to be rooted in that is very important. Yeah. So, yeah, I yeah. went to a secular college. So, you know, you're away from your family. Nobody I knew from my high school went to college. So it was a time where a lot of people struggle, you know, mm-hmm. and it's hard when you're away from your support systems and all that. But yeah, trying to keep those things that I knew were true in my life um, at, through that time was critical. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, we got our final question for you. Oh, okay. Do you know what it is by chance? I, I heard if it's the same one that Seth got. Same one know? every okay. time. All right, all same right. Same every time. And you've you've gone on a few trips in your lifetime. Uh, I, have, I know yeah. you go with the Freemans a lot. And yep. Yeah. Some things. So you have some experience. So I'm excited to hear this. Um, if you're new here, our final question is your dream trip, and there's no limitations financially, distance, whatever. Yeah. Whew, that's a hard one because I, I feel like I'm old enough that I've already done a lot of trips that felt like dream trips. Like, okay. Um, like one of my favorites that we have already been on is with my wife. We were able to go to Switzerland together. I used to go there for work. So Zimmer has a, a facility in Switzerland and being able to go there for work, I was like, I got to bring my wife here. So mm-hmm. in 2012, we traveled together and went to this mountain village called Zermatt. It's, the, it's at the base of the Matterhorn. So if you've heard of the Matterhorn Mountain, um, just a cool village, no cars in the village. It's a ski oh, town. Nice. Yeah. There's no cars. So like you have to get there by train and then you walk everywhere or ski. You can ski right in most places. I could not ski because that was during the time when I had torn my ACL. Mm. <laughs> didn't well, even she, know it. At dude, the time. She was probably so mad about that. <laughs> We've never skied. Oh, so okay. she didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's, she's not a big skier, so she didn't care too much, but <laughs> Thank goodness. I, I knew something was wrong with my knee, but I didn't know what. So I hadn't diagnosed it yet, but I was like, I better not try any skiing. It's not going to work. I barely turn the corner in the hallway and, and make it around the corner oh without hurting myself. So Yeah. Um, so we were there and that was a kind of place of just like, you're looking at these Swiss buildings with like a foot of snow on them and you're just like, pinch me. This is amazing. So like, that's, I love to do uh, vacations with my wife and we've been different places. So I guess it would probably be someplace 
that she would enjoy going just as much as I would because she tends to be a little more adventurous. Like she wants to see things and do things and and uh, I'm like kind of bucket list kind of things. Okay. And I'm, I'm more like I've already seen <laughs> enough of the world. I could just have a beach vacation to be okay. happy. Um, but I, I like when she's happy and I do like doing things with her. So it would probably be some sort of vacation with her. And I've been to a lot of the continents of the world, but I've never been to Australia. So oh. maybe if I had to pick a place... I know it's like officially part of the continent, but it's not part of the landmass. But New Zealand would be really yeah. cool. After the Lord of the Rings movies and all the landscapes and everything, I'd love to go to New Zealand and just kind of see what nature looks like there. So that's my answer. That's a good answer. And just you and your wife? or I think so. Yeah. No kids? Uh, I mean, they- <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, not really. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that just been- <laughs> you guys ain't going. <laughs> They'll go on their own trips, you know. They're, okay. they're, getting, they're, yeah, they're getting yeah. old enough. They're gonna be doing their own thing, and, and <laughs> we've taken them a lot of places. We've taken them plenty of spots. And I so. would bet a lot of money that that is not their dream vacation. Yeah. So yeah, who knows? They may want to yeah. go somewhere totally different. So yeah. we'll let them well, fulfill their own dreams. There you in go. Their own time. So. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. awesome. Well, Ryan, we appreciate you coming on. We loved hearing about you and some of your insight. Yeah. Um, Thanks, do you guys. have any closing thoughts or no i just really appreciate what you guys do i think it's fantastic i love our church obviously i wouldn't still be here if i didn't just love <laughs> serving and it it just really is kind of my church in the sense that like it's where god's called me mm-hmm. and my family and just loving to serve in whatever way we can so yeah all glory to god yeah feels like home at church and we just want to i mean home's where your family is so we're trying to tighten up our family yeah so yeah um Appreciate you guys for listening and watching. Um, Ryan, do you want to maybe call out someone to come on next? I know. Ooh. Who's next? Ooh, yes. <laughs> I mean, we talked about Ben already, so okay. Ben could definitely do after. Yeah, after we his will time. not we bother him. It's way too early now. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know. There's so many people that, like, that, that you could ask. Like, I, I, I saw the list of them, and some of those folks are people I would mention, but... Yeah. I don't even know. I just feel like there's so many. Like, you can't go wrong. Like, you could go almost anybody. Oh, I did think of somebody because um, I figured you, you would ask si- me. You said Sittler. Sittler would be a good one, too. Okay. Um, I just have loved getting to know David. And I don't remember his last name, last name off the top of my head. But David gave his testimony in church uh, when we had three different people give testimony in person. And he was the one that talked about his time in prison and some of the different things that he'd been through. So if you guys haven't talked to him, I think he would be just a really cool perspective. He came to our prayer and worship class that we did on Sunday nights when Holly and a few of us, Seth was included, taught the Sunday night class. And he came to it. And his insights were so cool just to hear his perspective on, you know, not like me, like growing up in the church the whole time, but like coming at it from a totally different angle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, I love seeing the way he worships and just that he is like completely all in. Like it doesn't matter what song we picked, you know, he's like all in on whatever song it mm-hmm. is. Um, and I can see his heart in that. So, yeah. Love David. that. We'll do it. Yeah. Get Sweet. him on. All right, guys. Thank you for watching, listening, wherever you view. Um, if you could maybe leave some feedback, we'd love to hear it. It's a great way to grow. And we will uh, see you next week. Peace. Peace. Thanks, guys.